0: Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host Yash Thakur and we are back again today to discuss Real Madrid's important fixture against Chelsea in the UEFA Champions League and we will again break down this game and today again I've got with me Kanita to do that. So before we dive into the game, first of all, Kanita, how are you doing?
1: So... I mean, I am doing normal, I guess. I am uh, again annoyed, but what's new with this uh, team?
0: So, yeah. Yeah, those were the general feelings immediately after the game. We are recording this part slightly later because uh, the game ended at a pretty late time for me. So, it wasn't feasible then. But since the game finished and. Uh, having rewatched it now the frustrations remain the same because it was uh, a very poor game but before we get into the game and break it down uh, both halves and look at the tactics of both the teams let's first talk about how important this game and the uh, the run that this game begins uh, is for us because coming into this fixture had Chelsea just needed a win to secure their position into the n- knockout rounds and Real Madrid had to get some sort of a positive result to be like to have some sort of confidence going into the final two games because uh, we, we currently uh, sit third in the table and had we lost this game then the game against PSG would probably become like a do or die uh game assuming like this is uh all based on the assumption that we beat Vlasnia uh again in in the in the reverse tie but uh, since we like this game needed us to get we needed to get a point from this game at least and if, if we are looking at just the result in in an isolation, in a, in a vacuum, I think the result suits us well. We avoided defeat. We managed to get a draw. Uh, and I mean, that is what we were after. Like uh, uh, Coming into the game, I wasn't really as positive. To be honest, I did not think that we would be able to uh, produce some sort of a very good performance and beat the Chelsea side. Like Chelsea has a lot of... Uh, Firepower in their attack and they have a lot of very very talented attackers who who can cause problems to any defense and our defense has not been great a plus in the previous games for leading up to this we haven't really looked as good on the ball either like we aren't uh, creating as many opportunities we we have been experimenting a bit with our lineups like uh, that has been a constant theme but we have been experimenting now with the formation we have been toying with the idea of back three that worked really well but then we scrapped uh, the then we like scrapped it and we brought it back again so like there has been some changes and some experimentation going on there as well uh, but yeah I mean I, I personally wasn't as as optimistic going into the game I definitely thought that this is a This is a lost cause anything we get from here is a bonus. And like the game against PSG is going to be the one decisive uh, game. Probably that we will need we will definitely need to win in. But now getting a draw here like changes the situation changes the situation a little bit. We can now uh, go into the PSG game. And if we like manage to get away with with a win, that's that's the best case scenario. But even if we draw then that comes down to chelsea uh, and psg game in in the future and if if chelsea managed to beat them then we could probably make it through by getting a win against Blasnia. so this this is the current situation of the group so that is why this game was so important and the re- another reason this was very important is because uh, we have been speaking about this in the previous pods as well the, the the run of the three games now from here from this point on is Chelsea, Atletico Madrid and PSG like this is uh, probably a season defining uh, run for us because we can't lose anymore like we are not going to probably win the league but uh, in order to be finishing uh, competing for those top two spots, uh, we cannot afford to lose to uh, Atletico Madrid we have to manage to get a positive result there because Levante and Atletico Madrid both are like creeping up and, and are right around the periphery. So like this run would probably this initial game would probably set the tone for the coming two big fixtures. And that is why this game was so important. So with that out of the way, let's let's uh, dive into the actual game and how it panned out and what what decisions were made, what worked and what did not work. So first of all, let's begin by looking at the lineups. So initially just like having the look I I didn't uh, focus on the lineup uh, as much like when I saw the lineup, I was like, okay, this is uh, a simple 4 4-2-3-1 or whatever. Uh, and then I, I because I didn't focus much on the names. And then I saw the names and I was like, okay, Ivana is starting, Rocio is there and uh, Kathleen Sousa is also there. So I was like, okay, this is definitely now a back three and i was i was really excited to see because like back three we have discussed this before as well like back three solves a lot of our uh, standing issues and i was very happy that we were going to move forward with with a back three and having like Felair operate centrally and probably olga and Atenea as our wing backs with three midfielders uh in toleti zornos and where i was i was happy that okay this sounds fun we can probably like exploit a lot lot of chelsea's weaknesses in, like on their uh fullback areas we can aggressively push them there uh but then the lineup turned out to be a curveball when when we took the pitch it turned out to actually be a 4-2-3-1 that really like that completely took me off guard i was like okay maybe this is just like situational thing in the opening three four minutes we would probably revert to a back three but that wasn't the case and ivana was actually playing the right back so uh, that completely took me off surprise so i'll i'll quickly read the lineup it was misa in goal ivana in right back Sousa and Rosio as the center back pairing olga as the left back a double pivot of zoranosa and toleti and in in attack we had atene on the right wing Whereas the number 10, Feller on the left wing, and Esther leading the line from up top. So, what did you make of the? Uh, I'll pass it on to you and take your thoughts on what did you think when you saw the team lineup sheet, and what did you think when you saw the actual formation in action on the pitch. So, Kanita, what did you make of the lineup?
1: uh well uh, yeah you you got it pretty much there like i think everyone's reaction was um oh we're testing this free like back free information once again and we're actually giving it a real test against chelsea like oh wow i'm actually impressed uh but um the thing is that um i went to web website that's that's when i that's where I uh, saw the lineup first, uh, because the lineup wasn't even out on the Real Madrid pages, so um, it was like hour and a half or something before. So I went to UEFA and saw the lineups as it was like as with formations and everything, and I saw that UEFA put it as 4-3-3. and I was laughing like there's no way this is four three three. Like in no in no way can it can this make sense, especially that it's Four at the back, uh, but then, yeah, it it wasn't three at the back. It was actually four, and um, definitely Ivana being on the right back took me off guard. I don't think we ever saw her playing right, the right back as um, with four at the back. I I genu- genuinely don't feel, don't remember a single time that happened. Uh, so that was a. Uh, quite a choice yeah especially like it's not like we don't have right backs we have two right backs so i don't understand but okay um but yeah it was uh it was interesting i i mean i saw okay fella and uh, Esther re- leading uh up front okay fine i love um i love to see fella in a more central role recently as well, so I was excited for that too. Um, and yeah, I was just oh, I was just very worried about Atenea because uh, when I when I saw the lineup, I saw I, I believe it was of like a three-five-two or something like that, and I was really um, worried about Atenea being a wing back there. Uh, because of her defensive abilities um not being so good, <laughs> but um it wasn't a four five two anyway so yeah, that's pretty much it on my thoughts.
0: Yeah, it's nice that you mention uh Athena here because in the previous in the previous game when we faced uh Chelsea, we did not have Athenea in that game. It was we starting on the on the right wing. So, and that is, that was one of the main talking points of that game as well, because you want somebody who could like continuously attack and take on, uh, take on Magda, uh, like challenge Magda in in those duels, because uh, Magda herself has uh, said it multiple times that she isn't as comfortable playing on the left, left back, like she doesn't like it as much. She wants to operate as a, as the center back. And in, in those situations, trying to catch her out with a, like, with a dribbler like Athenya was, like, uh, was definitely something uh, of a plan, like, sound something that can result in benefit, like, can result in opportunities for, for you. So, definitely, like, that was that is what my mind was always going to, like, we have to engage uh, Magda and we have to try to get her to like engage in duels with Atenea and try to exploit that so it was definitely something on my mind and I like as as you mentioned like when we saw the lineup it definitely felt like a 3-5-2 but it wasn't so that was a curveball by Toril I don't know if it was meant to like surprise or throw off Chelsea but it definitely threw off a lot of the fans uh, so that was that uh that was the lineups. So i'll quickly go through chelsea's lineup as well because it will become important in uh, further discussion so chelsea lined up in their usual 4-3-3 or like 4-2-3-1 in the way they operate so it was uh, Berger in goal jess carter started at right back kadisha buchanan and millie bride as the center back pairing magda erickson as the left back then cutbert and uh, sophie engel as the double pivot if you want to say that then uh, in an attack they had Lauren James starting on the right wing uh, Jesse Fleming operating as the nominal number 10 Guru right and on the left wing and Sam Kerr leading Ryan so Kirby was on the bench Kirby was not starting the game this was Chelsea's lineup so that's lineup out of the way immediately as the game began first two minutes Chelsea have two corners first one is not dealt with well they get another corner Misa comes out punches it it's not properly cleared falls kindly to Kerr Kerr strikes it ferociously it hits the crossbar and in the opening two minutes it feels like this is going to be a problem for us if like our initial Deficiencies in defending set pieces is once again out there on the surface. We, like the ball wasn't cleared properly. It fell again to a player like Kerr who doesn't need as many invitations to score. She hits the crossbar. Two minutes in, Toril is on the sideline shaking his head, which clearly means that it hasn't been according to Bennett. Definitely, like nobody is coming out to a game uh, planning that yeah, we'll probably concede a shot that will hit the crossbar in the opening two minutes and that that if that had gone in, who knows, maybe the entire momentum of the game would have shifted. The game would have been a different story from a different story altogether from that point on. But luckily, fortunately for us, it hits the crossbar, goes over. What did you make of the initial like five ten minutes because From their point on like the initial opening minutes were like seemed okay this game is going to be fun because it was a little bit of back and forth Chelsea had the better opportunity obviously but we did manage to like enter the final third and try to create something. Didn't come off as well but it it did seem like this is going to be a game where both teams keep exchanging blows after blows uh, at least for from the opening 10 minutes. What did you make of the opening, like ten minutes? Because after that, the game completely turned and turned out to be something entirely different than what you would expect from the opening, like five ten minutes. So, what were your thoughts on the opening ten minutes, Kanita? Um, yeah, uh,
1: it did look really bad uh, in the first two minutes, especially with those two corners. Um, I I was I thought that we we're done for, like after two minutes it's that that didn't smell good uh not at all like we had those um in the first 10 minutes like after those two corners uh there was another uh there was another chance by Kerr. um it was like her um her like trying to shoot it in or like, between a shot and a side pass, like, from a dead angle, so you don't really know if she actually intended to shoot it, so, uh, and basically, there was a slight miscommunication because Ivana went for a tackle to uh, get the ball out of there, but uh, Misa was, like, right in front of her, so they just kind of collided, but in that moment, it was called offside, so that chance wouldn't have counted anyway, but um uh, that that chance kind of did something to my heart as well uh especially that commu- miscommunication moment um and oh yeah that happened at around ninth minute uh that offside chance and yeah i mean we weren't really looking like um we were we that we knew what we were doing that we had an idea on how to fix it like at least from the first 10 minutes Like, exactly at the 10th minute, we got a free kick and Sonosa took it. It was a very bad, very bad um, free kick. It didn't end up anywhere. And yeah, but that's how the 10th minute mark um, basically ended. Uh, So I thought, oh, that's like when, like right after that curse chance. It kind of looks like, oh, oh, we're trying, uh, we might be getting into the game. Uh, So I think we should just move on to talk about the rest.
0: Yeah, so opening 10 minutes, like some action is happening. I don't know what happened from that point on, but the game literally died for the rest of the half it was such a terrible watch i'm not even kidding and it it hurt even more watching it on the rewatch <laughs> but it was it was so bad neither team looked like they wanted to win this game and i'll talk about the one big positive for us throughout this game and possibly the only positive for us throughout the game but man that was a painful painful watch like it it, it legit physically hurt <laughs> to watch the game twice and i'm not even kidding about it i'm laughing now but i wasn't laughing re-watching the first half because it was so painful the the play was sloppy the pass there were there were a lot of turnovers none of the team were able to like retain the possession and like create something from it nothing was happening one of the interesting things or uh, one of the fun things that was going on in the first half was actually the duel between ericsson and uh athena mark Derrickson and athena which we spoke about and like foreshadowed that it's something we should be trying to target and in the opening like uh, 10 minutes 10 20 minutes uh ericsson commits a foul on Athenea. So, like, Ericsson aggressively tries to close down Athena from receiving the ball. And she does that, commits the foul. That's that's that. And this starts a cycle, like, a series of uh, some exchanges between the two. Uh, then Athena gives, uh, gives it back to Ericsson in the 21st minute with a late challenge from behind. She gets carded for that. And this is, like it it feels like this is going to be a tussle throughout the game like both both players are getting now uh aggressive about it both players are challenging uh for the ball going all in and committing fouls aren't afraid to do that in the next 15 uh, in the next quarter of the game like there's the committing two fouls on Athena, and I felt like yeah this is going this duel is going to be fun this that was probably the only fun part about the first half that duel between between both the players so not like uh let's let's get into the tactics of what we were actually trying to do and the one big positive that I uh, hinted at at the start let's let's get into that so one of the major positives for us throughout the entire game and one that proved to be uh, very vital for us in the game was our pressing so we were we were lined up in a 4-2-3-1 and that is how we were trying to uh, largely defend as well uh, against the ball when chelsea were trying to build from the back we know that chelsea like to use this sort of a back three shape because they have three uh, center backs in their back four so they like to use that like uh, the right the right sided center back uh, which is Buchanan tries to like shift towards split wide and shift towards the right uh, touch line. Then there's Bright who is operating a bit centrally and Magda drops drops in tucks into uh, operating as a left sided center back. So that forms their back three and that is how they try to build up. So what we were doing is uh, we were trying to have one uh the number ten that is where was consistently marking Ingall in in those build up phases and very intelligently Esther with her pressing was cutting the pitch in half. the way she was like angling her runs whenever the ball went to the uh, went to the goalkeeper that was really impressive because that set the tone for everything else that follows. There were player assignments throughout the pitch throughout the rest of the pitch and the way esther managed to like cut at the end one of the entire sides with her uh angled runs made it very uh easy for us to like funnel them to a particular side and maybe like force them to pass the ball to make a risky pass and then anticipate that and intercept it it happened a couple of times they were forced long and there was a turnover again like this game had a lot of turnovers from both the sides both sides lost possession of the ball very frequently Chelsea had more of the ball in the first half obviously but neither looked any ni- neither teams looked like they wanted to do anything purposeful with it but yeah the press the press was really good like I, I'll i I'll give it to uh, us for that because the team was like Uh, in a coordinated way they were marking out options when when Chelsea were trying to build from the back and that really worked well for us. And that resulted that actually resulted in in our goal like let's let's go to that because there weren't many other uh, shots. There was one shot from from Olga in the 24th minute uh, from that was from outside the box. And it almost like caught uh, burger out. But it went slightly wide. That was one shot we had. And then, like, the press resulted in, uh, uh, like I mentioned, a lot of turnovers. In, in the 36th minute, this pressure results in our goal for the game. So, what happens is, a long ball is played for Feller. And Feller, uh, like, it's it's not in her reach, but she continues her run she forces a back pass like consistently on the heel of the defender Uh, she forces a uh, a back pass and this is where Esther comes into into the picture and she she sniffs out that pass and is already making an angled run towards the receiver so she due to her angled run the entire right side of the pitch is now blocked now the goalkeeper cannot doesn't have access to that passing lane that is what she has done and identifying this immediately like the only option now burger has is to probably go long just hoof it uh, and put it out of the harm's range or try to be cheeky and play a low ball to Ingle who was in, in the midfield. And uh, here Weir was doing the double assignment like she was marking out Bright who was the immediate short option and while keeping access to uh, to Sophie Ingall. But as soon as uh, she saw the ball like being released by Ingall, uh, she identified she anticipated the pass going to Ingall uh, and she quickly left off her assignment from Bright and intercepted the pass and it was an open goal for her to shoot from there on yeah there was work to be done like she kept her calm Uh, she was composed and put it away and that is how we got in our uh, our our only goal of the game and that all resulted from some very smart pressing bias there and great anticipation from where so that was one of the big positives i felt Uh, in the entire game basically because in the second half as well we managed to press have some good pressing sequences but that for me was the highlight like we we were able to create opportunities. we were not just able to uh, cause turnovers but we were also able to create goal scoring opportunities from it causing turnover in dangerous like causing high turnovers in dangerous areas which then allow us to quickly catch the opponent uh, off guard and off shape and that is what resulted in the goal so uh, that that really worked well I felt one thing that worked well in the entire half for either of the teams was the press and that that really showed and I'll, I'll hand it over to you now to take your thoughts on on the goal and anything leading up to that because I think like Sam Kerr had a shot for Chelsea that that hit the uh, upright this time so like Chelsea hit the post uh, once and the crossbar once so they could have probably been ahead but that's all like what what-ifs and we'll not get into what-ifs but Kanita what did you think of the goal and like everything leading up to the point of the goal in the first half
1: um yeah so I just quickly want to mention that around 13 minutes and to like the next five minutes, we tried a lot of uh, random crosses inside. It was first Esther, then Olga, then Athena doing some crosses inside the box, but in reality, no one was really positioned well enough or it really made sense for those crosses to happen. So again, some crosses that didn't serve any purpose. but, yeah, that's, like, the first quarter of the match. Um, well, yeah, basically. And, yeah, I mean, that's Kerr's, uh post uh, was from Sonosa's mispass. Uh, like, it was uh, a fatal error, which could have been fatal, obviously. Um, it's just so stupid because uh, Sonosa just made a random uh, pass like back pass and it was um, too weak and uh, I I didn't really know who she intended it for so yeah basically that whole action came from a grave error and yeah that happened like five minutes before our goal Uh, so that definitely could have changed the whole course of action and yeah about the goal i mean the whole the whole goal like from the beginning so it started actually from rocio's pass from the back line uh she tried to get it to um uh, try to get it to fella who was on the left wing at the time and carter was there like she um fella didn't manage to get the ball so she was running after carter uh she was um pressing on her trying to get the ball and she was like so in sort of a panic so she had to move it back to Berger and like just like you said Esther's um, pressing came uh, into play there like she came running to Berger from the right side like just then as Carter passed back to, um, to her so I mean uh, that was like both-sided pressing and Berger just didn't have any time to think, right? Um, so it was uh, <laughs> it was something that we saw uh, happening a couple of times this season, and I think it was too um, underappreciated, um, you know. So and we are like, it's very good at these interceptions, especially from the rivals' backline. Uh, Because, I mean, if we remember that um, goal uh, against Athletic Bilbao, I think that's the prime example. Uh, So, it was pressing by Naikari and Weir. And and in the end, basically just Weir did the same thing, intercepting it from the uh, Bilbao goalkeeper and uh, passing it to uh, Naikari who scored that goal. So, I mean, that was i think uh one of the cleanest ways to score because uh definitely most frustrating for the rivals but i mean uh it's a double plus to you know, have the goal and frustrated your rivals so um i really like when this happens because i love um i love how this team like when they press when they are uh in the mood to really press on the rival and then when they're um, succeeding it like we commented that we didn't really succeed in pressing on barcelona and we know what happened uh like that can that can change the whole course of the game like um uh lucas like make us look um kind of in control you know over the game because well when i was watching it the first time i thought well, we weren't really in control, obviously. We didn't really have the ball, right? We were playing mostly off the ball, uh, but it didn't really look like we didn't know what we were doing. You know, it looked controlled off the ball like we um, kind of knew what we were doing. So uh, that pressing is definitely good to see that it's really good to see that it's back um, because. I haven't really been able to see it in the past few weeks and yeah i think that's it
0: yeah so from that point on from from our from the point we scored our goal again the half was filled with a lot of uh sloppy a sl- lot of sloppy sloppy in the sense like pl- players weren't like misplacing passes but there was a lot of turnovers like pointless turnovers uh, at this point it wasn't just meaningless directionless passes but none of the teams were like able to consistently win the second balls or like go for the second balls and stuff so it was it was a painful wall, that is what i'll say again because it it really was like i did not have fun watching that first half at all and we'll talk about the second half and how that went uh, but yeah I mean the first half did not produce a lot of shots on either end and it wasn't like there was some intriguing tactical battle going on yes there were elements uh, that were really good especially with our pressing that that we have mentioned uh, as well another thing that I would probably Okay, let's let's get into the second half, and then I'll I'll add this bit. So this this probably does it for for the first half. I think. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Kanita, or like do we move on to the second half?
1: Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much to say about the next nine minutes or something. It was pretty um chill. To be honest, I think. Um. I mean, yeah, we had kind of, uh, sort of a um, promising, uh, a promising uh, corner in 40th minute, uh, but for some reason, uh, Weir, I think Weir was the one who took it. Um, she basically um, managed to get the ball really, really close to the goal, and everyone was positioned there anyway. But it, and it was a very hard catch for Berger as well. Uh, so in just like that little um just like quick moment i thought maybe maybe just maybe but no nothing happened from the quarter but yeah basically that's it for the first half
0: okay so that's first half out of the way let's begin the second half and uh, so as as we were talking about how terrible the first half was and how the reason I mentioned the Athenia, uh, Athenia and Magda duel was because Magda had committed three fouls on Athenia in that first half. So she was running the risk. She was walking a tight rope for receiving that card. And Athenia was like, Athenia was had slightly upper hand in that because we know Athenia is explosive. We know Athenia has got the skills to beat any, probably probably any defender in the world in a 1v1 situation so she was uh, magda was walking a tightrope there having committed three fouls and not being booked and the way chelsea were operating in possession wasn't wasn't good at all like it wasn't uh, it wasn't replicating the team that was on the pitch the quality of the players that were on the pitch they weren't able to replicate that in any sort of sequences of theirs so chelsea make a change Chelsea make two changes uh, as soon as uh, th- th- right before the second half and on comes Kirby and on comes Neam Charles. They replace Jesse Fleming and Mark Dirickson. So Neam Charles slots in at left back and now Kirby is the number 10, uh, is operating as a number 10 in place of Fleming and we know Kirby is extremely like, she's a very skilled player on the ball she's technically excellent she has brilliant vision on the ball like she she can play those incisive passes and she has a good synergy with uh, sam kerr but like operating in a number 10 role for her is a bit different than when she's operating from the right wing uh, position so that was there but chelsea like the initial intent from that uh, sub that we could see is Chelsea wanted to attack this like Chelsea were disappointed with their performance and they have made two attacking changes. Naniam Charles is somebody who also likes to join the attack a lot and also likes to make those sort of attacking movements a lot. So there was that like there was clear intention to put, put us on the back foot and try to get a goal in maybe in the opening 15-20 minutes of the second half and in, in the 49th minute Kirby uh, causes a turnover there, plays the ball, like uh, Sam Kerr picks up the ball, but then like Kirby is making the run in behind, but Kerr uh, misses out on the final ball and that move move just dies away. But you could see how uh, that Kirby and Kerr duo could have probably hurt us and could have probably caused us a lot of problems. Now that, that was done. Then something which is probably apt based on how this game has gone, something like very weird happens. Like there wasn't much in the opening, like 15 uh, minutes again. It felt like Chelsea, Yeah, Chelsea came out strong. Chelsea came out wanting to do bits and Kirby was getting involved as well. She was trying to get on the ball, trying to spread it wide or to find Kerr in behind. Not much came off apart from that one turnover situation in the 50th minute. I might be missing something because I haven't uh, I don't have the minute timestamps in my notes now. Then in the 59th in the 57th minute actually. Now this brings us uh, this opens up a whole new can of worms and brings us to a whole uh, and very important discussion basically that we'll get into. In the fifty-seventh minute, Ivana commits a foul. Uh, like, Righten is ra- a long ball is played from from the from the right half space sort of, and right hand is running onto it. Uh, like, Ivana is aware that right hand is uh, on, on on her back, and she turns around. She tries to mark her and close her down right and is first to the ball ivana commits a foul inside the box and referee immediately points towards the spot and that's penalty for chelsea in the 57th minute now let's let's chelsea obviously score from the penalty spot that is how they get their equalizer it was an unfortunate goal misa judged the right way jumped the right way it, it i think it hit her uh, fingers a bit then hit the upright, bounce back, hit her head and goes in as an own goal by Misa. Very unfortunate. But that is what it is like that has been the story of this game like Chelsea committed a very unfortunate giveaway. In the first half, we have gifted them the goal in the second half now. So it's like both teams exchange Christmas presents, early Christmas presents. (laughs) Both teams seem to be in their Christmas spirits there. But that was there and this, the reason I say this opens up a whole new can of worms is about the deployment of Ivana. Like you mentioned, I don't i don't remember Ivana ever playing as a right back for us in a back four or like at best she is the right side at center back in a back three that can provide coverage for the wing back that uh, that can be aggressive in closing down your midfielder or your uh, wide player operating in that zone. And that is what Ivana does best. When you, like playing fullback is different from playing centre back for m- multitude of reasons because you see, when you're playing fullback on the ball, your angle to pass is limited by the touchline. On one hand, you cannot like, turn to the other side and find the pass to the other side you are restricted to operate in in like uh, in one direction basically the other direction is out of the question uh, when you're operating as the fullback then Ivana is comfortable at like bringing the ball out from the defense uh, in from from her center back position but while playing right back the angles at which she is receiving the ball is different from when she's uh, from the angles that she receives the ball from when playing center back. That was one another big problem. Then in defensive situations in 1v1 when you are a fullback it becomes it's, it's difficult to defend 1v1 situations being a fullback. Ivana is the sort of defender that aggressively tries to close down the receiver that we have seen multiple times. She is very good at Timing those challenges from behind, and that is what adds value to her because she allows her to uh, she allows us to like have an aggressive line where like she is very good at stepping up and closing down the uh, receiver in between the lines. So that is what Ivana is good at, and to put a player in in a situation where a she is not comfortable in be that demands a totally different sort of skill set from her. Maybe this was this approach was done because we wanted more defensive solidity, but it ended up costing us uh, instead. And doing this while having two actual right backs in on your bench. It doesn't add up, it seems like a very odd choice and in the end it did hurt us like it that is probably the reason i mean just isolating every other event and looking at this one in particular that is probably the reason we lost like assuming everything else goes uh like happens the same way it did in the previous game had ivana not given up that penalty we would have won and it it was a penalty like she was late to the ball there there is no debate about about that right and got first and committing such a foul in the box in front right in front of the referee's eye that's definitely going to be a penalty but what feels unfair like fans are uh, fans are on on the heels of Ivana now like yeah like she is the reason that we lost and yes that is that is uh, right like you're right to criticize that but We did not help her situation by putting her in in this sort of uncomfortable surrounding that she isn't familiar with and requires a different skill set to operate in. I don't know. I I did not like that choice from the start. I was intrigued to see how it goes and what our idea was. But the idea wasn't as much like uh, it did not help us a lot in possession because Atenea had to like drop deep to pick up the ball like uh, because carrying the ball from that wide area is again different from carrying the ball from uh, operating as a center back because you have the chance to like go either way when when you are uh, operating from the central zones but when you're operating as the fullback that's not the case and we did not really help Ivana one bit by doing that and that is what Uh, really stinks for me Uh, I think like when you put your own players in situations that where they cannot maximize their uh, particular strengths and skill sets I think you're doing them a disservice and you're not trying to optimize your own squad and that is not ideal Uh, I'll pass it on to you quickly and take your thoughts about uh, the first opening like 15 minutes the goal and the uh, choice of playing Ivana as as the right back. So, what did you make of all that?
1: Um. Okay. So, yeah. I'll I'll just uh say some things that happened uh before the penalty, and I have also some other things to say uh for uh, about the penalty aside from the Ivana thing. But yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, there wasn't much happening in the first five minutes anyway. But, um like in the around at around like 50th to 52nd minute we get like three set pieces in a row um and funny thing about those set pieces is that they were um all three of them were done pretty quickly like um the setup of the um of the play was taking more time hence it took like two minutes but the set pieces themselves took like i don't know four seconds maximum (laughs) which was kind of annoying the nothing special kind came out of them i mean first we got a free kick um was fouled like uh near the goal line um right between the box and the corner so that that's where the free kick was we took it and then Two corners in a row and we could have gotten another corner because I think that Bright was the one who touched it last. But never mind, we didn't get the third corner in a row. No big deal. It's not like we would do anything from it. And funny thing is that during this game, the corners that we took, which I forgot how many we had... None of them. I remember being short corners, which this team has been practicing lately, and we've seen that they're, um, you know, they're improving on them and even scored from uh, quite a few of the (laughs) corners like that, especially uh, against Villarreal. If I'm not mistaken, like two of them, two of the goals were from the short corners, and yeah, so basically every corner we took was a long corner. So, and nothing happened from them. It just kind of a blind shooting, and yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, there was one thing that was quite discussed in the um, in the fan base, uh, which I noticed, and uh, it's it happened in forty uh minute, so basically, it's like one of the most typical things about the star basically she gets the ball in the uh final quarter and she's right outside of the box and she has fella pretty much open on her left side she's uh, just inside the box and she doesn't release the ball um like she intends to shoot from there even though i think she had these two people right in front of her Um. So, basically, she's forced back to to go back, and she makes a foul there, uh, like few steps uh, back from the box, and she gets really frustrated about it. Uh. So I mean that's typicalized, right? Um. But yeah, it was discussed a lot in the fan base, and. It's it also kind of um, kind of connects to the penalty as well, uh, because <laughs> so this is a little bit in detail with the exact times sp- uh, timestamps uh, around the penalty. So I noted it since fifty six twenty six. So basically, that's when um, we were like pretty much pushed back into our own half uh and um buchanan uh, and like uh they were like at the halfway line and buchanan was right there at the centers and basically she's being pressed by esther uh and but with that pressing she makes a pass to lauren james and that ball never reaches lauren because olga makes the tackle uh and it's a brilliant tackle. she recovers the ball and fella is positioned right there to take it uh then fella just um sees a there uh passes to her and uh she she has to turn around and she does turn around and starts running together with fella, who was like right there, supporting her on the left of a and uh so they may. They run like a few meters and that's where that stops uh so basically i don't remember who uh, but someone pushes the ball away from his and ingo uh, gets it uh so okay so that's when i will stop uh so this whole thing with the buchanan being pressed by a was 56 26 And Ingle getting the ball was 56.34, which was 8 seconds later, which happened really fast. And right then, there Ingle uh, Ingle makes that long pass to right then. So that was like 10 seconds after we had the ball, uh, basically. (laughs) Uh, Not even actually 10 seconds, it was less, but... um, it's just wild how quick all that happened. Um, I I don't know. <laughs> it, it it just came out of nowhere. Uh, uh, like that from that Tolkas recovery, I thought, okay, we're going to counterattack, and then um, uh, Esther, um Esther probably didn't anticipate that they would come at her that fast because it was. Uh, almost instant. Like they ran like three, four meters maximum before uh, Esther lost the ball. And yeah, I I don't know. There was just a lot of a lot happening around the penalty. Like even uh, after <laughs> um, after the foul was made and the the, the ref blew the uh, blew the whistle for the penalty, it was just a whole. Mess around the box because Weir came to Misa and uh, uh, seeing Cuthbert took the ball to take the penalty. And she, like, Cuthbert probably saw that, uh, that because um, Weir must have known something about Cuthbert, you know, she played in the English league anyway. So, um, and then they were like debating about it for like 10 15 seconds, and then Cuthbert gives the ball to uh right. Uh, in that exact moment. Uh, I mean, Misa still guesses this side, right? And then we know what happened. But so it was just the whole thing about the penalty is just so wild to me from the moment we lost the ball and uh, it, how Ivana uh, gave the foul and and the whole thing with Weir and Misa discussing where um Cuthbert would shoot and it was just I don't know poetic and I, as you said it like even in the beginning like it doesn't it didn't look like any uh either team wanted to win and I mean both goals were basically gifts from the other uh side so it was it was a really weird game with weird goals and yeah um but about that um about Ivana's position um yeah i uh, <laughs> i don't know what to say about the foul it is obviously a penalty you said it it's no doubt about it uh, and the the thing is about her being on the right back um like defensively um I think that then and there, um I think that she like, she she's obviously used to being the centre back and she's great at tackles. I think she's our best well definitely our best centre back when it comes to tackles and she's extremely fast in those and usually very clean. Uh but I think there was some sort of pressure knowing she's the last one on the right side that was supposed to cover right in and yeah i don't think she's used to it i mean she can't be used to it obviously she never played like that and yeah it just i don't know i i i, I deemed uh like ivana had a pretty decent game uh she did pretty well and then that foul happened uh defensively i'm 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 talking about uh, offensive things. But later on, um, when you go uh, further into the second half, will I'll just mention some <laughs> offensive things um, about Ivana. Uh, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned it uh, rightly that Ivana on a whole did not have a bad game. Yes, that one mistake was probably the defining factor i mean bad game in terms of when you add context to it that it's a center back who is actually playing at right back and coming up against probably one of the most informed wide players uh, in the world right now in guru right who who can hurt you in so many ways uh, with her incisive passing with her excellent vision, and with her ability to like carry the ball as well so it was obviously going to be a difficult task and we put her in that spot which wasn't i, I personally don't agree with that but let's let's move on and let's uh, quickly go through what else happened in in the second half so following this goal we make our first sub we bring out esther uh, for savava and that results in olga pushing higher up on the left wing savava operating as a left back and fell then obviously is now the central presence uh, there so uh, the thing about esther that that you mentioned i like we have had this discussion on the pod before as well that one of the complaints that we have uh, normally had about esther is the fact that uh, the release time on on her passes is sometimes off and that can be really frustrating because she is the sort of player that likes to go on the ball likes to move towards the ball take the ball and do bits with with it like turn and carry and hold off uh challenges like that can be really valuable in in a multitude of situations like when teams are trying to uh press you it it can help you get out of pressure Uh, she can possibly provide an outlet uh, like that sort of relief outlet where she can like release pressure for us in those situations but yeah sometimes she tries to overdo it when she could like pass and then create better opportunities. she tries to just hold it a little while longer and that opportunity window to play that sort of ball which could have resulted in a better uh, chance just goes away and uh, that can be frustrating yes obviously it can be very frustrating but that's the package that comes with esther i guess like that is the complete deal of esther like if you want uh, her good parts you have to bear with the bad parts as well and she does add value like we have consistently mentioned on the pod that uh, esther does bring value uh, to the team and that is why like she she is there But yeah, there are frustrations that come with her play as well. And that is understandable, I think. So that is that. Uh, Then we make a sub. Uh, From that sub, I think that did not change much in our approach. Like, yes, now we had a more aggressive uh, left winger in Olga who would like take the ball and just carry it beyond the... Uh, beyond the fullback or like consistently try to take her on and she is now in an advanced position where she can do this on a very frequent basis whenever she receives the ball Felair we have talked about it can operate uh, centrally well because she like her runs in the channels and the way she is able to identify those runs is is pretty good so that that worked well like she like i felt este uh, i felt fellair really worked hard because even uh, the one of the major positives of Esther's performance was the way she was like angling her runs and cutting off passing angles with fellers uh, operating in that central zone. She was now uh, completely like she worked so hard. She was very aggressive in closing down the ball carriers and causing those sort of turnovers. So. The drop off from our press was wasn't as significant because now we know Olga will always like give her hundred and twenty percent whenever she's, uh, whenever like she is playing, and air with that intensity, uh, in those central areas comm- allowed us to maintain that sort of intense press that worked for us, and that did, that continued to be there. Uh, apart from that, I feel like again it wasn't much eventful like uh until like 70 75 minutes we still weren't able to create any sort of penetration like we 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 struggled to enter the box from uh any sort of situation like whenever we tried to we entered the final third we weren't able to translate that into a touch in the box or like create some sort of shooting opportunities from inside the box most of our shots as well were coming from like they were speculative efforts from from range and did not cause much trouble to them then in the 74th minute we bring on maite uh, like obviously maite has become a sort of a mainstay a, a, a sort of a go-to uh, sub for us in in this time because like she she offers a lot of value uh, Based on whether we want to control the game, whether we want to like she she allows us to accelerate and dec- uh, decelerate the games at will, and she like uh, I don't know if you have had uh, the chance to look at the numbers. I'll post the uh, I'll post a wish tomorrow about uh, chance creation via like passing and stuff, uh, and Maite has been doing tremendously. Like Maite is inherently a number ten. So she has that sort of vision uh, about her where she can like play, pick those passes out uh, very well and she's very composed and the weight on the ball uh, from her is really good. So Maite came on in the 74th minute and from that point on she managed to like create two shots till the, till the end of the game. So you know like when you bring on Maite there is this sort of baseline performance that you always get with her where she's able to help you escape opposition pressure, like build, build up through it. She's operating in this sort of free role, uh, like, so that, that allows her to like consistently get on the ball. She uses the ball a lot and tries to create this, uh, tries to create a sense of, uh, you know, uh, Uh, brings a composure in whenever you are uh, in possession and that that adds a lot of value when closing out games and when trying to like push forward for another goal so so Maite came on in in the 74th minute for Zornosa and immediately like after she came on those five uh, minutes it seemed like Real Madrid were definitely going to push and get a winner here because in the 79th minute olga takes a shot from like just outside the uh, edge of the box it's not a great shot like it's it's just going in probably and uh and katherine Berger is uh up for it and saves it and immediately after that like in in a minute or two in, in the 80th minute olga takes another shot this time from that is possibly our only shot from inside the box if i'm not mistaken that is probably our only like meaningful effort from inside the box, and it, it uh, results from a turnover in the in the midfield. Like Cuthbert is dispossessed after uh, of like a sort of half clearance from Millie Bright via her head, uh, a sort of half headed clearance, and Cutbert turns over possession, and then Olga slides in, uh, and Olga takes a great shot. It it looks like it would go in but and Catherine burger does really well produces a an excellent save there and that was probably our best chance of the of the second half we had like three or four shots in the second half we overall we just managed to create like eight shooting opportunities and it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't our best game but that opportunity was was good and it also it just resulted from a high turnover uh sort of dispossession inside their uh inside the opposition defensive third so that was that uh i'll i'll hand it over to you kanita now uh to just sort of if whatever notes you have until this olga shot in the 80th minute if you want to add anything if you have some any sort of tactical bits that you want to highlight that probably i i missed out on after the subs if if there was something that changed that you noticed now is the time to uh, add it all
1: um yeah okay so uh well first of all i want to um i want to add on what i was talking about like uh, around the penalty uh about ivana's uh, offensive role uh, basically, I was thinking, why not put Lucia in, uh, you know, our actual right back. Uh, and and I was thinking that before the penalty happened, uh, I obviously didn't know what would happen. But uh, later on, uh, after the penalty, like, it's just not about defensive things here at all. Like, I uh, noticed that it wasn't really going well offensively with Ivana on the right back. Uh, But uh, when I rewatched it, I noticed that there were uh, actually three notes I took um, on her offensive role that happened after the penalty. And so basically in the 70th minute, um, I won't recap the whole action, but basically uh, she gets the ball around the last third. And she she decides to cross it into the box. However, there is absolutely no one there. I think there was weird just outside of the box and like three Chelsea defenders. Um so I don't know what was that. Um just a random cross, I guess. Um then uh then just a second. Oh yeah, then five minutes later, seventy-fifth minute I Notice that um, okay, so Ivana trying to uh, work with Atenea on the right, uh, kind of weird because in this instance she actually she actually gave it too wide to Atenea and it ended up uh, out as a throw in for Chelsea and it just you know missed Atenea because Atenea was about to run make a run. Uh she didn't start yet uh but Ivana made it just too wide and just just behind her and uh Atenea was uh annoyed like oh <laughs> I may maybe she thought she um started too early or something, but yeah, and um not long after she actually um she has sort of a reverse situation uh because um she she was she was right on the line like almost at the line on the right back and she tries tried to pass to Atenea and Atenea expected it uh around i don't know who was there at the time um but around the Chelsea's defender uh, Athenea went around to the right side, to the right wing, and uh, she expected it there. She expected it to go wide, but uh, Ivana did the opposite and went uh, through the center. Uh, so basically, Atenea, uh made the whole circle around the Chelsea player uh, and obviously didn't get the ball in time. Uh, so that that's normal, right? Not, Ivana is not the right back, uh, and when 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 she gets an assist, it's usually a long pass, like through the like through a half of the pitch or something like that. Uh, her long passes are really good, but this is not it. This is not how you use Ivana's passing skills. Um, definitely not on the right back. So yeah, that's what I have to say about uh, her attacking role and also there were a few instances um by fella and fellas pressing uh coming in very very handy like uh she uh, recovered quite a few balls from the uh, from chelsea's backline by simply pressing and her um tackles are also very nice uh she fouled once he fouled Bujo Cannon once and she got fr- pretty frustrated about it, but it was um, shortly after the uh, penalty. So I think both sides were a bit um, frustrated because, you know, Chelsea wanted another goal and we were frustrated because we gave the penalty and, you know, same old, same old. But, yeah, I mean, F- Fellas' recoveries were really good and her pressing was very evident. Um... So yeah, I about that Olga's chance. I actually uh, loved how she broke through the defense, like she set herself free from there and uh, found herself like one on one with Berger, and that was that was really nice. Like she took a shot and she fell right after. Like she gave it her all in that, and Berger made that brilliant save and just. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm also pretty sure that that was our only inbox um, uh, attempt uh, because I haven't really thought about it. But when you said it, yeah, I actually don't remember any other attempts from inside the box. So yeah, <laughs> good point. And other thing, like not really <laughs> from the game, um, but at 78th minute, there was. Um, the scoreboard uh, I saw passes completed, and so yeah, that was at 78th minute, and it said uh, 176 versus 334 passes completed. So basically, Chelsea completed um, almost uh, double the passes as we did, which is not weird because, um, uh, yeah, because <laughs> we really didn't have the uh, the ball in possession that much and it, but when i think about it like just half of what chelsea had is it's kind of weird to me because at some point it looked like we couldn't connect like five passes in a row uh so that was interesting and in the at the end of the game i saw the statistics i said uh we had a 68 uh pass accuracy which is really bad so, yeah I just wanted to add that little thing there and yeah that's
0: it yeah so I went on and I checked the shot map for the game and yes that definitely was her only attempt from inside the box another shot that uh, Maite took that was blocked but like that's not a shot on goal so that was our only like meaningful attempt from inside the box and basically we did not have a lot of attempts we only took like eight shots And yeah, our passing accuracy was really terrible. Uh, We weren't able to like have good passing sequences. I mean, the game overall was very bad. Like both teams had a lot of turnovers as like we have mentioned. And that was that. Uh, Then from that point on, uh, after that Olga shot in the like in the closing minutes, uh, it seemed like Chelsea almost get it uh, in the bin there guru plays a peach of a pass in the 89th minute like complete the the curl on the ball the weight the timing of it it's just perfect and she just produced a similar pass uh, this weekend from from the wide uh, position where the ball just perfectly curves into the path of the runner and it, it it turned out to be a goal in the week on the weekend but this time around uh Misa produced a brilliant save like I don't know if she meant it or whatever but that save probably was is the reason the game ended uh ended in a drop that was a very very good ball from uh Guru and Kerr latched onto it but her shot was saved as I mentioned so that was that uh, in the 89th minute that 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 is probably like the second half if you want to define it in a way it's probably a game where like the two goalkeepers produced moments that kept their team their respective teams in 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 the game and there weren't many such moments where they were tested uh, throughout the throughout the game so that was that then in the 90th minute Uh, Now, this is very odd. Now, this is something that we have been discussing pod after pod about how you have a very informed striker on the bench uh, about whom you can, like whom you can bring on, who would offer you a different dimension in attack and blah, blah, blah. But in the 90th minute, Naikari comes on for Naomi Feller. Like, I don't know what sort of signal this is. But this surely can't be signs of the manager trusting you because even when you're in form you are not being given any sort of significant minutes to make an impact that definitely doesn't go well with the players as well i think and i don't know it's it's we keep rehashing this we keep repeating this that yes naikari deserves to get more minutes here based on merit because she has shown with on her t- with a time on the pitch that she is capable of like changing game she is a- capable of offering something different than we than what we get from Esther than what we get from Feller even because Feller is not naturally a sort of central striker she can operate in in the front too she can operate from those wide areas and come uh, operate as a narrow wide forward uh, per se but Nahikari is an actual number 9. Like, that is what you signed her for. And and when now she... Like, last last season, you could make a case. Yeah, Naikari has been given opportunities. But she hasn't been able to make anything of those. This season, she has made something of those. Like, something, something meaningful of those. She has changed games. She has scored goals. And she is in a good touch. She has looked sharp on the pitch. But yet again, like, she... Doesn't seem to be able to get uh, a lot of minutes in in the back. so that's that I guess. Uh, I would hand it over to you, but I know you you are very pissed about uh, about the entire thing, the entire situation in general as well. So I, I'll let I'll let you off the hook. I'll I'll let you off the hook there, and I think that probably concludes the actions in the game for the second half as well and if you have anything else to add in in about the second half now is the time or we can move on to discuss some of the top moments because i don't think like any player had a really standout game so now is the chance do you have anything else to add from your notes about the second half yeah i
1: mean Yeah, there's just one little thing uh, in the 90th minute, like uh, probably a few seconds after Necari comes on. We have um, Chelsea throw in. And so they put it inside and Ivana uh, tackles it. Um, She makes that tackle back. uh, And it was... It it ended up as a really fast ball. And Chelsea... uh, Chelsea with credit uh, and I think that um, Rocio uh, which we haven't really mentioned much but I think that she had a really good game um, but she was really aware of it like she uh, cleared it uh, there and I think she put it uh, to another throw in if I'm not mistaken or she might have uh just uh, she might have just post, put it to the corner, but it was a really quick reaction. I didn't think it would would uh, could have been really um, dangerous uh, <laughs> um, if she wasn't there. Uh, so yeah, I'm guessing this is a sort of introduction to the players' individual performances because I, I mentioned Rosio. Also, one one quick no- one quick note, please, please, please try, fella, with Naikati. Thank
0: you. Last Blanca's podcast request line <laughs> seem to be or a suggestion line seems to be on here, uh, but yeah, I think that concludes uh, most of the actions about about the second half. And as I mentioned, I want to discuss uh, some of the top moments or some of the top trades from from the players uh, and. Yeah, I mean, this game will probably go down uh, and will be a brownie point for people who want to say that Kerr isn't a good finisher. But the reason that makes Kerr such a good goal scorer uh, is the fact that she is consistently able to get into good good goal scoring positions, good shot taking positions. And that is why despite having a, a lean patch at times, i don't think Kerr uh, will ever stop scoring goals because the fundamental and the most repeatable trait of a goal scorer is the ability to get into those goal scoring positions and today she could have had a hat trick like against us she like in the second minute she hit the crossbar in the first half again uh, she hit the upright in the 80th uh, minute in in the closing minutes in the 89th minute she hits like her shot is saved by Misa so all those opportunities yeah one can argue yeah those are opportunities missed by Kerr but actually she is consistently being able to get into those sort of uh, shooting positions so it's not just the Passer or the creator that is responsible for finding her in those situations It's Kerr's ability to be present in those sort of situations that helps her her score so many uh, goals throughout her career And I think that will continue to be and I think that is what is one of the most desirable quality in in a in a striker because I am okay with my striker missing chances because finishing in general is very volatile like yeah obviously all great strikers are going to miss chances there is no way you find a striker that is going to score hundred percent of his uh, his or her chances and that's an unreasonable expectation as well so there will obviously be missed chances there will obviously be like some very easy chances missed but if the striker is able to get into those or generate those chances on a frequent basis, on a consistent basis, then eventually they'll score. Like, eventually those will turn into goals. And that is how the game works. I mean, yeah, when you miss them and you lose the game, you are the one to blame. But uh, it comes down to what is actually in, in control and what is actually a repeatable skill moving forward. And I think that is what, make samker so valuable so i think that that is one thing that i wanted to highlight based on the debate uh, around the game then uh, i want to also mention guru right who has been absolutely in integral to chelsea's chance creation mechanisms and like she is currently probably the most threatening passer of the ball from those wide areas like she has a wand of a left foot she can the ball in from set pieces she can curl the ball in from dead ball situations and from open play as well she has got this really good weight and time on her ball that she can find and pick out any player from any sort of uh, situation and so that, that is that I think Uh, another thing is uh, like you mentioned the way Olga managed to get past and inside the box for that shot in the 80th minute I think that is what Olga is very good at like she's so direct she's so uh, aggressive and incisive with her running that she is always trying to threaten uh, like she she's always trying to threaten that sort of dangerous uh, areas in the box where if if you like mistime a challenge she's so quick she has that burst of acceleration that she'll manage to get a foul or she'll just run past you and you won't be able to catch her so like olga on the ball with her carries is just a a different prospect she's a different beast with with her carries and this season like we have mentioned before as well she has taken she seems to have taken that next step she is managing to impact games on a consistent basis even though not in terms of goals but she like today as well in in this game i mean she could have had a goal if not for burger's great save so that is that is the thing like if you manage to get into those uh, as i mentioned those good areas if you manage to consistently ca- put the ball in those uh, very good areas you'll eventually end up getting goals so those were i think some of the top moments and Another thing if I want to highlight is, is Peller's work rate. She was really, really good. Like she was aggressive from the start till the time she was on the pitch. She closed down the ball carriers really, really well. And I think that uh, helped us uh, a lot as well uh, and will help us in the future because like she her versatility is another thing. Like uh, as you mentioned, she, she can play wide and uh, come in narrow. Uh, to operate or she can be paired with a striker like Esther to uh, you know then offer two bodies up front and occupy the back line really well so that is that and uh, I think that concludes most everything for, for the game. Do you have anything uh, to add Kanita or do we move on?
1: Um, I just wanted to say like... W- during the last few matches, we've been um, really keeping an eye on our center backs. So, uh, I already mentioned Rocio, uh, but Kathleen also had a decent game. And I mean, uh, we already talked about uh, Ivana, that's out of the way, but she wasn't a center back in this game anyway. So,. Um, yeah, I mean, now we're center backs. We had a really decent game today. I didn't really notice any mistakes, and especially Rocio, who made quite a few clearances and was very aware of the surroundings, uh, very quick uh, with it, too. And um, I feel like she's being overlooked here. Um, Kathleen as well. Um, I don't really remember some big interventions but I know she was very stable uh, unlike uh, a few of the last matches which uh, she has been you know making some fatal mistakes like randomly and is out of control but not this game (laughs) Um, very good change so yeah kudos to to our center backs and it's good to finally compliment them again
0: So yeah, that about concludes the action and the top moments from the game Uh, about what this draw means for the overall situation and the standings of the group and our potential qualification to the next round. I think we have uh, mentioned that at the start of the pod, but I'll repeat it like this draw was actually a good result for us because it meant that we are just two points behind uh, PSG now if if i'm not wrong and next up we face psg and then we have Vlasnia. those are our two games for psg it's chelsea and uh, real madrid now so if we manage to like avoid defeat against psg it, it would still not be like game over for us because you could expect Uh, it would depend on the result from the Chelsea and PSG game in the final match day and depend on us obviously beating Vlasnia but yeah I mean if we would have lost against uh, Chelsea then it would have probably come down uh, the the PSG game would have probably been the do or die game uh, for us so yeah that situation is probably not there now But we'll have to see the best uh, like the ideal scenario is we winning both the games of us winning both the games but PSG will be tough PSG have threatening players and it will also depend a lot on the way we approach the game the way we approached the previous uh, tie against them wasn't really positive but hopefully uh, it will be this time. Plus the PSG game comes on the uh, at the end of this three game, uh, three tough game uh, period. So like Chelsea is done, but now we come up against Atletico Madrid in the league and then we come up against PSG. So I think there will be some changes, some rotation as well. And maybe possibly that is one of the reasons as well. Ivana started at right back, but who knows? Like we will have to wait and see about that. I think that uh, concludes it. One more thing that I would like to like touch upon, and the way the reason I kept saying that this game was a terrible watch, I I physically felt the pain about watching this game and rewatching it again, is because this was felt in a in a similar sort of way by Emma Hayes, uh, Chelsea manager, as well. Like she, in in a post-match presser, she clearly mentioned that. She was really really disappointed with her team's performance in the first half and she mentioned that she could have uh, she could have brought off anyone on the pitch because none of those players like uh, performed to the level that she expects them to or uh, that they are capable of. So it wasn't just us fans feeling that it was a dreadful watch. The manager agrees. It was actually a pretty poor performance from either side. None of the teams wanted to win. Uh, it, it felt like in the first half, uh, in the second half, things improved uh, a bit for Chelsea, uh, but uh, like it it was a, just a very poor performance and uh, Hayes agrees, so that's that. So, any anything else you want to add, uh, Kanita, or we can wrap it up?
1: Well, to be fair, at, at least it wasn't as painful as some of the other matches we've talked about so yeah i agree it was it was very painful but uh out of the painful matches category i think this was this was the best one (laughs) because i don't know we've been commenting on some of the painful matches uh, against some um, other spanish teams in the league and you know we are uh, we are winning those games and we're still um, not playing well so that's even more frustrating because we don't know how to feel about it but you know we we um, ended with a draw here and had this painful watch so it kind of goes one with uh, the other and it doesn't really confuse you as much as those league games yeah at least some positive thing (laughs)
0: yeah so the game didn't offer a lot of positivity but <laughs> we are still hopeful that things will improve in in the games world because they have to uh, like these performances these sort of performances won't uh, help us reach the ambitions that this club potentially has uh, and i mean the fans obviously won't be happy about it so that's that uh, one other like small thing that has just come up in my mind that I want to address is that there have been uh, like this is just a rumor that has come across from like I don't know out of nowhere I was made aware of it uh, yesterday before the game so apparently Kenty is uh, being linked away with a move to uh, Club America if I'm not wrong uh, in Mexico so so yeah that has been that is somewhere on the horizon and we have mentioned this before uh in one of the pods that Kenty's performances have haven't been the same like she isn't the same player that we signed she has lost uh footing and sh- like she has lost edge on on her game and how that would probably open up uh, a place for lucia to take over and make that right back place her own well apparently Ivana is in the contention as well for that but that's something to monitor we'll have to see like currently it's just a rumor we'll have to see how the situation develops further and whether Kenty uh, actually leaves so that's something that I just wanted to like briefly touch upon because it came up in my mind but apart from that uh, nothing else to add from my end and I think uh, nothing else to add from your end either Kanita yeah, it's just that that rumor came from Socorana. Yeah, so that's the source. <laughs> okay, so I think that concludes it and so we can wrap it up now. We'll be back again to discuss about uh, Real Madrid's the the Madrid derby coming up. A big game, some familiar faces too. Marta Cardona is now at Atletico Madrid, She's fit and now she's playing as well. So it will be fun to see how that one pans out and we'll be back uh, and hopefully it's a good game that has a lot of interesting tactical bits from both sides, a lot of interesting performances from both sides that we can break down for you guys. So looking forward to that and ala Madrid.
1: Ala Madrid.